Hello and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena. I'm your other host, Sean. And this week is the kickoff of Sci-Fi September, and we are starting Sci-Fi September with the show Black Mirror. Nice. Um... Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, Black Mirror, I wouldn't necessarily call a traditional sci-fi show. While it does have a lot of, like, futuristic elements, it's... Its core plot isn't in the fact that it's futuristic. I thought it was. I mean, it doesn't have a complex plot. It has a serial, like, standalone episode plot, doesn't it? Yeah, each episode is standalone. Some of them are cautionary when it comes to, like, the technology. Um, But some of them are simply based in the future. Okay. But it's all about studying how this technology would affect people in society, right? Um, sometimes. Hmm. There, well, uh, especially in the first... So, I real quick, we're going to watch the first three episodes, which happen to comprise the entire first season. Okay. Um, seasons two, three, and four have more than three episodes, I'm pretty sure. Maybe two just has three, but I know four, def- um, three definitely has more than that. So is this going to be the most comprehensive episode of TV Dinner yet? I guess, because we're going to go through a whole season in three episodes. All right. But the first episode of season one isn't really that futuristic at all. It does have, like, a message to it. It's just not necessarily very sci-fi. But I would say, as a whole, the series is a sci-fi show, and they they do a lot of technology and a lot of, like, spooky elements about technology. Well, it's all technology and not supernatural, right? Yeah. Then I think it qualifies as sci-fi if it's that sort... Like, if it's speculative fiction without magic, I think it qualifies as (laughs) sci-fi. What if it had magic? Would it not be sci-fi? No, it wouldn't be sci-fi anymore. Okay. That, That is as plain as I can get it. Sci-fi needs to be a world grounded in a reality, like a hypothetical reality, but still a reality. Once you introduce magic into a scenario, it becomes a fantasy. Like, sure, you can have rules to magic, but at the end of the day, magic is the breaking of reality's rules. And you have to, you have to play by reality's rules in science fiction, is my understanding. All right, that's fair. So, I'm not a huge sci-fi fan. I I think it's cool, but in general, I don't watch that many shows that are sci-fi based. So, that's why Black Mirror, um, which calls itself like a sci-fi Twilight Zone, is on the episode doc today. Because that's one of the, one of the few sci-fi things that I watch that you have not also watched. Yay! <laughs> it's convenient is what it is. Yeah. But no, yeah, I've heard things. I've had people recommend it. I've, I understand that there are some episodes that are happy. Yeah, actually, um, it's not a high percentage of happy episodes. I understand that it is mostly sorrow and tragedy, though. Yeah, the most recent season I watched, I want to say the most recent season that was out was season three. And season four is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. 
but season three had six episodes. Okay. And one of those is happy and one of them is bittersweet. And that's the highest percentage of any other season in this show that has happy episodes. Okay. The rest are, are not. <laughs> Low statistics. Yeah. I mean, I guess one out of six would be a kind of a high-ish percentage, mm-hmm. but not that great. It's not a high percentage. It is a, it's a small chunk. When the seasons are so few episodes, it's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's like, it's small, small. But, you know. um, as I haven't watched the first season in a really long time, but as far as I know, the first season doesn't have that. Um, the whole first season is spooky and like cautionary tale and, um, very like sorrowful well they were just getting started establishing themselves i guess um they definitely put forth like a tone with the first season um Mm. that they've managed to carry through i think the rest of the show it's just that the most recent season did the like future technology thing in a happy way and it's really cute um you know the anthology series to me kind of feels like the the like a, how a short story is to a novel. I feel like an anthology series, the episodes of that are like that to a movie because they have to be standalone. Yeah, I, that's a fair assumption. Funny enough, I always liked anthologies as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually might still have it on my bookshelf at at my dad's house, but I had um, an anthology of like spooky stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't, like, super scary horror stories, because they were for kids, but... But you've had them a long time. But this is definitely, like, a formula that I have apparently always enjoyed. Good. I mean, three episodes, these are definitely, like, some short movie situations. What kind of technology do you expect to see? Well, I already know about the implants in people's eyes that let you rewind reality. Okay, I think that's the third episode of the first season, so I think we're going to see that one. Okay, okay, because I'm interested in that one. I'm a little concerned about some episodes being something like, ah, damn people today all on their cell phones. we got to throw away all of our (laughs) technology and get back to nature. Um, funny enough, they didn't really hit that theme until season three. That's, um, since we're not going to watch it, I'm just going to do like a real quick thing, but it's not quite, it's not quite like, oh, millennials need to get off their phones and go out into nature. It's, it's more like making, about making connections with people rather than like connections online. Okay. It's, it's not quite like that, but I, (laughs) it's kind of like that. I don't want to talk too much about, I don't want to talk too much about an episode we're not going to watch. All right technology modern what is the word it's like a culture critique um it's it's not even it's not like about generations or cultures or anything like that it's it's more about the intersection of human nature and technology Mm -hmm. which sounds really like oh like fancy when i say it like that but um it really is it tries to take 
the core of human nature and put it into these situations where people can choose, can just accidentally go down the wrong path using this technology. Right. That's the part where it kind of approaches the cautionary tale thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for us to get to it. Yeah, I hope I (laughs) talked about enough. It's fine. You don't really have much to go off of besides what I've told you in the past. So I think it's finally time to make you experience it for yourself. All right, let's do it. All right, see you then. We just watched three episodes of Black Mirror. Yeah. And you know what I realized about Black Mirror? What did you realize about Black Mirror? Um, <laughs> this is already a show that you can't help but talk about the episodes right after you watch them. There's no holding on to your thoughts. You immediately have to get them out and discuss them with people when you watch the show. Yeah, I um, specifically remember the first time I watched this show particularly uh 15 mm-hmm. million merits i immediately like googled about it cuz i wanted to hear other people's opinions and i wanted to see what bloggers thought about it and stuff like that right cuz you didn't have me to bounce off of yeah um i do that sometimes when i watch movies or shows that i i think have a particular meaning meaning or whatever I will immediately Google for opinions to see if anyone had the same thought that I did. Right. Because like, it's a lot of work to like, you'd have to like watch it over and over again and analyze it and stuff. And then it's like, what are you composing your thoughts for? You know what I mean? So it's just like, I need to know what other people think immediately. Yeah. um, One thing though, is that we didn't do that after the first episode. Um, what do you mean we definitely did we talked about it but there wasn't really like that that's just because that episode had less to talk about yeah i remember warning you before we watched the first episode because i said um for me at least it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the series Mm -hmm. um but that's totally true yeah watching the second the second and third episodes it really doesn't fit in kind of with the tone and the technology. Um, but you yeah. had you had a good argument for why the first episode is the way it is. Because it's an mm-hmm. episode during modern times, and it doesn't really have much to do with technology as, as much it, as it has to do with, like, social media, I guess. It's there, but it's not... Um... Yeah, it's not uh, a story that revolves entirely around allegorical technology. Um, what it was is that, like, I immediately understood what you meant when we were like less than five minutes into the second episode. It's like, no, yes, we are totally in the twilight zone now. We have gone through the door. Yeah. We've gone through the floating space door. <laughs> um, and uh, um, did you present what my idea was for why episode one was? or I did not. Would you like to? Okay. Yes, I would like to do it myself. Go um, for it. My idea was that the... It, it was presenting a modern technology, the modern Black Mirror, 
in a, a modern hypothetical situation to prep us for how the like future allegorical scenarios are closer than we think and just to like drive home the fact that this this is it it is important in our modern life it is relevant yeah um which i i totally agree with um it's weird because i again i told you i was like i really don't understand why the first episode is the way that it is um but hearing you kind of put your theory out there like that really got me thinking that the second episode if that was the first episode I would not think, oh, this is a possible future for our world. I would think, like, oh, this is, like, an alternate timeline or or another world, even. And, like you said, kind of prepping us, having the first episode be so incredibly normal makes room for us to think of the second episode as a possibility. Yeah. And um, something that like immediately like interests me and I was like, what's up with that about Black Mirror is the fact that the season is so short. It's only three episodes. So I uh, I, I was immediately thinking like, why is it three episodes? And after I presented my theory, I was like, oh, I should think about episode two in the context of what my little theory was. And here's here's my full theory for season one. Go for it. They start with something that is completely normal they jump into something that is totally alien and dystopian and then they hop into the middle a a comfortable middle of examining a a fantastic technology in a very realistic and familiar and homey setting yeah they kind of um with the third episode find that middle ground of um futuristic and also realistic is that um, what the rest of the show is like? I I was just thinking about that. I think most of the show is in that line. To be fair, the most recent season I watched was season three, which has Is there four seasons? Uh, the fourth season should be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, season three had six episodes, and season two only had three. But I, from what I can remember, the majority of the episodes that are out are in... A similar world to to the third episode world rather than the first or second episode mm-hmm. um there's definitely an episode um in a modern world like the first one and there's probably an episode like s- episode two but i i can't think of it off the top of my head but i would say mm-hmm. most of them fall in line with like episode three just kind of that um here's here's you know our show this is Twilight Zone, sci-fi, futuristic, but also our world. Right, which I think is I think is their best option. I think episode three is the strongest it's the strongest type of it's the strongest way of telling this kind of allegorical story. Yeah. The show is obviously about, you know, technology and kind of how people and human nature intersect with the type of technology that is coming out or that could potentially come out. Um, right. So I the was, first um... episode being modern worlds was with stuff that we already have, like, Oh, you know, YouTube, for example, um, something that gets put on YouTube can be downloaded immediately by a whole bunch of people. Right. YouTube, um, Twitter. Oh, that fucking. Yeah. There, and I that's like, someone said. yeah, it's, it's partially for curiosity and partially for, 
you know, preservation, I guess. Mm-hmm. A lot, lots of people are inter- into like internet preservation, not quite in the, um, the dire sense that this show has, but just like in a general sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second episode is um, the technology kind of being the whole world and human nature to kind of like want to move up in the world, but also like to be okay Mm-hmm. with their class i guess do... just kind of to slot into where they are there's definitely something going on here with social strata we we were talking about the third episode because they call them grains and that's um in the third episode what allows them to record everything they see and watch it back um mm-hmm. and me and you were talking about how that's probably an upper class thing yeah the episode just doesn't i wish that <laughs> With the whole thing, like, it being in babies and them checking out your grain at the airport, I have to wonder, um, because they, like, they are only focusing on this, like, definitely rich wife and husband and, like, the people very close to them. It's a very, very, like, how the first episode and the second episode feel like they're very large-scale stories. This feels like a very small-scale story. Yeah, Um, I, I will say that, um... So they talk about the one character, um, she gets her grain gouged, which means somebody like drugged her and took it from her, mm-hmm. which would suggest that it is an expensive thing to get because there wouldn't be a black market for it if it wasn't. No, I think that what they were implying in that conversation is that they were after her because she's a girl, her like memories or like footage for like, they implied that it was like a pervy thing. Oh, I see. I was thinking that you know they were taking it to sell to somebody who couldn't get one. No, I think they were selling. I think they're selling the recordings. Her memories. That's that's yeah. fair. It's super way creepier that way, which I that is the writer's point. But um, yeah. I I think the way that they were talking to her maybe implies that it is a very common thing. I just wish they had definitively let us know like what the situation is with the grain like how common is this or like or are we just looking at so very privileged window well and that's kind of how the show does what it does you know because if they if they lay out the whole world to you before you watch the episode first of all it's not going to be you know a shock whatever happens um Mm. and you don't get that like kind of like mysterious aura around each episode yeah they don't explain anything um and you mentioned that you feel like the third episode is really like a microcosm of people and i agree with that i will say it's interesting to me that the most relatable episode like class-wise is the one that's least relatable worldwide. oh yeah well yeah because <laughs> you know everyone so the second episode was um, everybody has a specific job or specific class, and the main character, his job is to bike to create power for the world. And, you know, pretty much everybody, at least that we're shown, does this. It's a very common job for people to do. Um, yeah. and... You said something during that episode that was, like, uh, about, like, the efficiency of those bicycles generating energy. And, like, you presume from watching it and, like, there is, like, one shot where you see that there is a 
it is a it's a very expansive facility with a lot of people biking yeah but it's just like really like that and they're talking about like petri dishes and stuff it's like i just don't get it you know what i mean i don't get this world like how what are all those people powering (laughs) but i mean like exactly so the whole world itself is kind of hard to slot ourselves into but i think the main character and like kind of his um his whole thing is just kind of easier to get than the first episode who's about the british prime minister and the third episode who's about like some rich white family the second episode is just like a lot of people can relate to not necessarily caring about their job, kind of having to be on their grinds day to day, kind of looking for a connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. I just think like in terms of human, you know, his personality, it's it's a lot easier to relate to than the first or third episode, despite it's... the world being so goddamn confusing. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely got to be more relatable to more people. But I think that the first one like I guess we kind of empathize and sympathize with the prime minister. Um yeah, I guess he would be our protagonist, but it felt like the story wasn't about him as much as it was about society. Yeah, I agree cuz well the first episode definitely had um it had a lot of shots of just kind of people in the society being. It had a lot of shots of people watching the TV, obviously, because that's like kind of happy old lady. It was <laughs> it was their like whole deal, but like, yeah, um, that old lady was so happy to see him. Fuck yeah. Him. So part of episode one is that um, the prime minister has to go on live TV and fuck a pig. And we're watching, like, basically a crowd shot of a bunch of people hanging out in a pub watching the TV. And everybody, I'm just imagining the director going, okay, now everybody looks super disgusted because he, like, just started doing it. And everyone's like, oh, gross. And there's this one old woman in the very front, like, with the biggest smile on her face. <laughs> she has she has no problem with that. She is oh, into gosh. it. Ah. <sighs> They're all a bunch of jerks for getting together and having a party to watch that anyways. It was a hostage scenario. Yeah. um, (laughs) Which is kind of absurd. Yeah. So, like I said, that one I don't think we had as much of a discussion when it ended because it was like, okay, I get it. Like, people kind of want, regardless of how they say they feel, they're kind of interested in watching other people be humiliated even though it was the episode that in the act of watching i enjoyed it the most and i laughed the most of that episode it was definitely the episode that was the weakest yeah um as i told you the second episode 15 million merits is one of my favorite ones in the whole series and um the main reason i can tell (laughs) we talked about it a whole bunch yesterday and i talk about it a lot all the time I mean, you like that one for a lot of good reasons. Yeah, it's it makes you care about the characters, which is always like, if a show makes you care about the characters, regardless of whether or not you like it, it's good. Yeah, that episode, it hooks you in like right away in this mysterious world. But next thing you know, you don't even care about the mysterious world because you care so much about Bing. Yeah, um, and it's really the like, 
So each episode has, you know, their whole premise and whatever's going down during the episode. And then the last, I want to say, five minutes of each episode is kind of an aftermath. Yeah, Um, it's definitely, these are definitely because they're standalone. They definitely, the endings are never cliffhangers. They're always epilogues. And I appreciate the conclusion, the conclusiveness of that. I, I will say I would not like 15 million merits as much as I do if it had ended before the epilogue because mm-hmm. that's kind of what really made it for me. The, like that epilogue made the whole show for me. I mean, it would have been really toothless if it hadn't had that epilogue. Yeah, the epilogue just kind of added so much to it. And the same, honestly, with the first and the third episode. The first one, as we keep saying, is kind of less impactful but it was like, yeah, his approval ratings would go up because he did a really hard thing to save somebody's life, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the third one was like, yeah, after you are a dick to your wife and become a little bit physically abusive, she would leave you. Right, which makes sense. You know, despite um, whatever wrong she did, that's what would happen. Right. Okay, F- first episode... It, it, it kind of feels why I say it's the weakest is that in the end, it's like, what was the point of making all this happen of kidnapping the princess of cutting off your own finger and pretending it's hers and mailing it of, of, of making the prime minister fuck a pig. And you just do it for no reason other than the fact that, I don't know, you, because, because everyone watched, you did it because you knew people would watch it? Yeah, um, part of the epilogue was, um, a news anchor talking about the guy who committed that crime, and he was saying that someone else called that crime, you know, that one, the guy's, like, greatest artwork. He, he, he said that, he he announced in his thing on air that that some some critics, some art historians, something like that, are suggesting that it is the first great artwork of the twenty first century. And I was like, I, I immediately was like, that's bullshit. When we were watching, yeah. Well, um, it did mention that uh, the guy who committed the crime was an artist. Right. Um, and so part of the reason why people say that is because he was an artist. So I honestly think that I don't think that's so bullshit. I think that some people would say he did this kind of as, you know, as an as an art project, as an unwilling performance art. Ugh. And, you know, it's disgusting, but like, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily wouldn't be said. Do you think that because he releases her 30 minutes before the broadcast was supposed to be going, do you think that he knew or that he thought he knew which way it would go? Do you think that he thought that he wasn't, do you think that he thought that the PM would really do it or that he wouldn't do it? Um, I think that he didn't care um, because he had already kind of made his point because we're shown shots around London of literally no one out in the streets, which of course, is exaggerated, but um, I think once the criminals saw that everyone was glued to their TVs, that, like, he was, his work was done. Like, 
it doesn't matter whether or not the prime minister does it at that point because the demand was never about not killing Susanna. Mm -hmm. It was about people or, you know, whatever he was trying to, whatever message he was trying to convey, he conveyed it regardless of what happened after that. I think his point and is... I, sorry, I think he also killed himself before, or, yeah, you know, he... right when the broadcast started. Yeah, he did. So, like, he didn't even stay to watch it. It wasn't even, like, a gross pervert thing. I think his, I think his point, I think his point was that, uh, that line earlier in the episode, uh, that people just, people just want to watch other people be humiliated. Yeah, um... Which or was that again, a line from the second episode? The the first episode, the point wasn't super strong to me. Um, the second episode was stronger to me because it kind of had... It had the intersection of technology and human nature like every other episode, but it also had the intersection of technology, human nature, and like capitalism and like political societies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the point was that... I think it was about authenticity... Well, yeah, I think because regardless of... Because Bing obviously felt very strongly about what he was saying. And I feel like he meant what he was saying. Um, At the very end of the episode, he threatens to kill himself and talks about people being genuine and wanting something real and that nothing that he had was real. Um, And I think he actually meant that. But when push comes to shove, the choice is, after that, the choice is actually kill yourself go back to your monotonous job or get a step up in in life and i it could be a genuine search for something real because um at the end it shows a shot of him looking out of a quote-unquote window and so like they are led to believe that that's the real outside world me and sean believe that it's just another simulation which kind of goes along with it where it's like he thinks he's kind of gotten a taste of something real now, and we as the audience know that it's still not. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I think that they left it ambiguous as to, like, how much, as to, I think it was definitely just a, another fake set of windows, but yeah. I think they left it ambiguous as to how much being new slash cared. Yeah, um, because he obviously took up his his role um gung-ho on the tv talking about these issues to people who seem to not really care or at least not to take it seriously they're they're like they love hearing him talk passionately because they think him talking passionately is something what he was talking about like oh this is real now and it's well he wasn't he wasn't talking passionately he was he was he was doing like a a a a he he was doing an act he was doing like a fake version of what he was doing before. It was like a, and it was all so like, it was all definitely like an advertisement, but it was like, it was so, it was so toothless. It was so, it was so fake. I don't know. Yeah. I, but I like, I don't know. Cause, um, this is the part of the show, I guess, where you think like, what would you do in that situation? And I think I would definitely prefer to live an easier life regardless of you know your strongly held beliefs like you would want to have a better life and that's where like the intersection of capitalism comes in because it's kind of like he gives up his own ideals 
so he doesn't have to go back to biking all day every day and you know hating his life i don't know it's very dangerous i'm not sure i'm just i i think that part i think that part of what makes episode two great is that there's just so much there to think about and i think it's definitely something that like, like i've only just seen this episode i think i still need a lot more time to figure out how i feel about it and what i think about it um the third episode the second episode the se- yeah the second episode i again i like it a lot i think there's a lot to unpack in the second episode um more so than the first or the third because it's also like you want to try to figure out what the world is like um with the third episode it's like oh this is definitely our world in like near future our world um i feel like the technology in episode three is definitely something that has come up in hypotheticals and speculations before this episode i think it's definitely something that got a got a source from somewhere else yeah i just mean like part of the reason that the second episode is a lot to think about is because you don't have to try to unpack what the political structure of this world is um, in the third episode, because, you know, it's probably our world is probably similar politics. You know, all I've done is added this one piece of technology, whereas in the mm-hmm. second episode, it's just like an entire restructuring. Right. It's like it's like who are like, what's the deal with the judges and the channels and like where where are we social strata in the world? And like, how do these is this just where like all adults end up because they mentioned not having to do this as a kids? Where the hell are the kids? What are the are the judges the judges probably are at the top who is the top of the society what is it all for where are they going and like it seems like you know like being is in no position to answer those questions and you know what those questions probably don't matter to the allegory of the story yeah it's just it's kind of fun to think about but yeah um with relation to the entire story it probably doesn't matter that much i just like it a lot um and also the second story really really hits you with that 180 flip um, from like you're let's say you're half an hour into the episode it's going great it's super adorable everything's nice now let's say you're 40 minutes into the episode and everything sucks yeah they take you on an emotional roller coaster I still feel it's imbalanced what happened to Abby and what happened to Bing that's fair I will say the third episode is probably the best in terms of like having female leads because in this first season it's all male leads and just like female side characters Um, secondary characters and then in the second season i think it's one female lead and the other two have male leads and the third season has six episodes the third season has six episodes but i can think of the two of my favorite ones from the third season have female leads um Mm -hmm. i think there's another one that also does so it's it's at least half so they definitely kind of even out the scales by season three overall i think i in pertaining to those later seasons i think that i will just watch the ones that you make me watch i don't think i'm interested in watching just going ahead and watching them all because I, like I said, I don't, like, I didn't enjoy the experience of watching episode two and three. Yeah. And hey, maybe that makes me weak. You said earlier, um, the first one was mo- most enjoyable for you because it had, like, more jokes. 
Um, the second and third one were really good and really powerful, but they definitely weren't necessarily pleasurable because it was like, oh god, everything is terrible. Very unpleasant. Um, so do you have a rating? Uh, yeah, spicy. That's fair. I was gonna say that. It's, this is this is not E for everybody, people. Yeah. Oh yeah, watch out for the near the end of episode three when he's doing the thing and you think it might get gross. Yes, it is about to get gross. Oh yeah. If you're watching episode three and you don't like really gross stuff, just like close your eyes for 30 seconds. You'll know when to do it. Yeah, he definitely does the thing that you think he does. <laughs> on on screen. It's gross. The second season, you were saying that you probably won't watch what I don't make you watch. Mm-hmm. Um, the second season holds my least favorite episode. Thank God um, I'm not watching that. It's called like the Waldo something, and Do you I'm talk not. About it? I'm not going to go into it because we would have to enter a spoiler zone. Oh right, because we only do the first three episodes. <laughs> sp- we would be breaking sp- our own rules. Zone. Oh, although we've gone into the spoiler zone before. Yeah, so I'm not going to go into it, but I just like. I don't like the message and I don't like the epilogue mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's, it's really a stretch. Like, I mean, all of the episodes are kind of a stretch because, you know, near future, whatever. But that one is like, this is really a stretch. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't like it, but it also holds, well, not including season three, but before season three came out, it holds my second favorite episode. Um, right. If you want my so favorite that's... episode after 15 million merits, go watch San Junipero in season three, because that's the only one with a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> that's telling. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to you saying earlier you didn't agree with the messages, I'm not, I don't like, I only feel like, I only feel certain about the message of the first episode because it was pretty simplistic. It was just that humans like to watch other people be humiliated more than anything else. And it's like, okay, you know what? That's mostly true. Um, yeah. There's not much else interesting to say, but I, I'm just not, I'm not sure that I've got the messages of episodes two and three. Like, is it, is episode two about how we sell out? I don't know. I, I mean, I, they're definitely more complex than episode one. Cause like you said, one seems to be kind of a prep for the rest of the show. Yeah, episode two could be a number of things, but for me, it's about, like, the difference between your ideals and how you actually behave may or may not align with our ideals, and it's just kind of, like, behavior, and that's at least what I think. It's a lot to unpack. (laughs) But episode three, as we were watching it, I was saying, I think episode three is kind of, like, the worst of the bunch. Not the worst of the three episodes, but the episode- What, message-wise? No, no, no. I think episode three is about worse people than episode one and two. So episode one is obviously about the multitudes because, you know, it shows everybody doing this thing. And episode two is about one person, but it's about one person who is average in their society. I think the assumption is episode three is about an average person, but I don't agree. I just think uh, episode three is more about how it can go wrong like it's less about human nature as a whole and more about the little things that can make somebody a bad person like the worst case scenario for what happens when you're like 
obsessed with the details of the past. Mm-hmm. Living in the past. I don't know. Um, but, like, definitely our episode three protagonist is a total scumbag. Mm-hmm. He was enabled by the technology, but he was always a scumbag. Yes. Our episode two protagonist is admirable, but he's... He's admirable, but he definitely kind of lets down his own ideals. He's forced by the world he's in to make the unadmirable choice. Yeah, and um, I guess the first episode has the most admirable character. Yeah, honestly, because you know what? He does the best job he can. He... It goes through with it because, hey, I mean, like, he has to. He, like, would you take that chance? Like, um, I mean, like, he yeah. he, he and does make a personal sacrifice. You could, um, you could think about it pessimistically yeah. in that he does it because he would lose support. But I think it's, I, I don't think about it that way. I think it's actually more of the, he does this because he doesn't want somebody to die. He does this because he doesn't want to have the blood on his hands. Which is admirable, honestly. Because I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, you're right now that I think about it that if I look at it from a certain angle, I could construe his motives to be entirely selfish. But I don't think that's true. I think his, his, I think his, I think his motives are mostly unselfish. And I think that uh, the way his wife treats him in the epilogue is totally unfair. Yeah, the first episode, um, the PM's wife doesn't leave him, but she basically is disgusted with him forever because of the gross thing he did. And uh, yeah, we both agree that, that that's too much. Like, I, if she really had a problem with it, like, regardless of his political, you know, how how famous he is now in the world, she would, you know, just leave him at that point if it's too gross to handle. Don't, like, be a dick about it. I don't know about the pressures of, like, staying with him or not, but I do think that I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure why they, like, thinking about it in the show, it's like, why would, I, like, I guess you stay with him because nobody else blames him, but you're disgusted in for some reason. What you're doing makes no sense. I don't understand why the creators made her do what she did. It's just, it uh, like, a person who, like, does that, it seems wrong. Like, it's like, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a weird moment in the epilogue. Um, I feel like it was trying. I feel like if you take that into context, it's almost like the the creators are trying to frame what he did as selfish. Um. Yeah. I again, I disagree with that. Um, we're running a bit long on time because this is the first show we've watched that has three different plots to talk about rather than just one. Right. Um, so I'm going to cut us off here. This will still probably be our longest episode ever, but um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to cut us off. Maybe we'll make a Tumblr post about it if we feel like getting more of our thoughts out there. That's tvdpodcast.tumblr.com if you're interested. You can also find us on iTunes. Again, this month is Sci-Fi September, so we're doing all sci-fi shows. I forgot to tell you last week that we were doing Black Mirror this week, um, but I will tell you this week that next week is uh, Ghost in the Shell, and that was Sean's pick. Yeah, and um, I think you'll see a similarity between one of these episodes of, between, well, actually Black Mirror in general and Ghost in the Shell, you'll definitely see a similarity. Well, that's good, because they're both at least in the same genre. So, hey, reblog us on Tumblr, 
so that other people can see us and do this stuff on iTunes so that the dark magics of iTunes can put us in front of more people somehow. And I just wanted to say it doesn't have that many episodes yet. Um, but if you wanted to check it out, uh, we have a D&D live play podcast with some of our friends. That one's called Sleeping Dragons. And that's just me, Sean, and our friend Molly and Connor playing D&D together if, if you like stuff like that. It's fun. Yeah. So this was TV Dinner, and we will see you next week for Ghost in the Shell. Bye. Bye.